GM. <laughs> GM. Jeez. <laughs> Somebody get this man a glass of water. Mm-hmm. Hey, now. What's, what's going on? I don't know, but Mr. Sandman said, digging the delayed start, I don't miss the opening bell now. I don't know if you meant the opening bell for the stock market or uh, or the show or the show. Because if we start a few minutes after 930, you can go watch the opening bell on CNBC, catch the, the ding, ding, ding. And then you come right over here and, and we're starting. See? 935. 935 is the new Alpha Mid Morning Show time. <laughs> we need our own opening bell. I'm sure my neighbors would love that. I just took a dab of lemon squeeze. Sounds like it. Yeah. Hitting all the right spots. It's a good morning varietal. It gets you, it's like coffee. Mm. It contains a terpene called limonene. And limonene uh, not only is one of the most common solvents in the world, it's a used in cleaning products all over the world. Pine Sol, uh, Lemon Pledge. Uh, the reason they smell like lemon is because of a compound called limonene. And limonene is also known in aromatherapy to give you energy. Mm. So often the strains that we imbibe in the morning are high in limonene as they are like coffee. So, and this is in lemons too? Like if you just like yeah. squeeze well, a lemon I, in your I, mouth, you're gonna be good to go? Limonene mm. is the terpene that is prevalent in all citrus. All citrus gets its tang, its smell, its taste from limonene. No shit. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a sesquicarbon. Um, there are monoterpenes and sesquiterpenes. This is a sesquiterpene. Um, yeah. Love the limonene. Hmm. So doing tequila shots with lemon in the morning is like good. Yeah, it's justified then. I'm fine. And, and, it's like having a coffee. Yeah, you always use. It has, what about limes? Limes. You yeah. Lemon Oh, limes. Yeah, yeah. all citrus contains oh. limonene. Oranges, lemons, limes, grapefruit. And knowing is half the battle. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, GM Dgens. What's going on, decoy chipper? Glitches, Cosmos, Tom Nook. You're early today. Normally, you're like right at the end saying GM. D-Nice. Did you know you. the real Tom Nook? Oh, the real Tom Nook. Sorry. My apologies. Not to be mistaken for the fake Tom Nook that we have in there. Mm-hmm. He shows up now and again. All the time, man. No, I meant the fake Tom Nook. Oh, yeah. Well, the real Tom Nook, please stand up. Hot Paps GM from Austin at South by Southwest. Wish y'all were here. Yep, man. Sounds like it's been a time. Pep, Enjoying it. Go to. Uh, did you go to any of the NFT parties? Lots of NFT stuff going. I would have lent you a doodle if you needed one to to go into the. Doodles had a party. Oh, that's right, they did. Yeah. Doodles had a party. It's the talk of the town, young uh, young R two. Their technology, uh, the people they had. I gotta say, it made Ape Fest look. Um, not so festive. Oh, I no would, kidding. Yeah, I would say. I that actually missed that. Oh, shoot. Doodles now has the, I would say, they are the ones who everybody looked up to in that regard right now. Now, 
Do you know who they partnered with to sponsor for this party at South by Southwest? Doodles? Um, give me a hint. Uh, you have very large brown ones in Canada. Uh, beavers? <laughs> Bear. Bear. The paint. Oh. The paint mm-hmm. company Bear. Oh, okay. Yep. Partnered with Doodles. Now let us think about how brilliant and profound this is. The paint company partnered with Doodles. Yeah, get now the what? get the color Doodles color palette. Ah, what have we been talking about for months? Why does Doodles work? Why does every single cash grab and derivative copy Doodles? It's because of their color palette. One of the best, most appealing color palettes out there. Mm. I would imagine anybody who's ever seen or heard an NFT, every couple in this industry, when they have their little NFT baby on the way, are going to pick the doodles paints to go paint their kid's room. That's a great call, actually, because I was thinking about it and I was like, I, I do love the doodles color palette for the art that they do. But I'm like looking around my apartment. and I'm like, I don't want it to look like Easter in here all the time. But yeah, for a kid's room. And beautiful. The idea of outside the box, I think this nails it better than anyone I've ever heard. Because when, you know, like it's very difficult. You look at a collection, you're like, what is good about, you know, what's the what's the killer angle here on Doodles? It's always been their colors, okay? What better real life partnership could you come up with that's clever? It doesn't feel like, cash grabby like i'm just gonna throw this image on a shirt like you know what what is that at this point right i'm just gonna put this image on a shirt this is well thought out i think when we're talking about the projects that have the potential to be the next elites whether it's azuki or cool cats or kaijus or some of these other projects that's how i would be thinking about partnerships what makes my project special and who in the real world could I partner with where people are going to go, oh, that it's almost more making people think, wow, this is the potential. This is what we could do. Then if everyone goes out and buys a bunch of doodles paint or whatever bear is going to help. With right. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging that. That's a that's a great um, yeah outside the box partnership. Um, and I mean, you know. The way that those things are marketed, you could you you could end up seeing those everywhere, right? Like you know, I don't know if commercials or or just in the paint stores or whatnot, right? Seeing the yeah. little characters just ingrained. Oh, I mean, I look. I think everybody in here would go buy a can of that paint. I'd put it on my shelf. Uh, a doodles paint. I mean, the, these are the type of things that it, you know. I know a lot of people here are, are profit maxis, flips, stacking eighth, eighth, and there's nothing wrong with that. But anybody who's here and just kind of cares about the stupid images and what this industry means, like to see doodles on a can of bare paint would be a big deal to me. Something as stupid as whoever partners with McDonald's and gets an image on a cup, you know, Mm -hmm. out and buy that cup or whatever. And it's like, I don't know how that is direct value to the people who own the NFTs. It's not like you're going to get a cut of each cup that McDonald's sells, but you know, being out there, being the new, the new branding icons, the new entertainment properties. Uh, this is the beginning of it. Doodles is killing it. Yeah, it, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. It's such a uh, um, 
a mundane kind of partnership because you, you I think most people's intuition would be like, oh, like paint, like who cares? But like that's this is this is the integration, the the marriage into real life, right? Like people paint their houses. People, like you said, have kids, they go out shopping for it. And like, this is just the, the idea that, um, NFTs, you know, we talked about yesterday for quite some time about how the word NFT will barely even be used. This is the kind of thing that kickstarts that, right? Like you just start to see this shit everywhere. What makes a TV show valuable? The amount of people who pay attention to it. A TV show is an attention token. The only thing you should want your team to do is figure out the best ways to get positive attention on their collection. That's why marketing partnerships in the, in the real world are so important. And why would Bear do something like this? Why? Because now to anybody in Web3, when they go to the paint store, they're going to say, well, fuck it. Bear supported us, right? Even if you don't go buy the Doodles palette, you say, you know what? Bear reached a hand out to us when everybody else called us fucking crazy, when we were stupid. This is really smart for old brands who have stuffy images to reach out and say, hey, we're fresh, we're new, Gen Z, this is where you should spend your money. This is very beneficial and synergistic to all involved. Yeah, sandbox. Paint your uh, your sandbox property with Bear Paints. That's a good marketing read, too. I like it. I think I, I, you know, I think the idea of the metaverse is severely misunderstood. Um, I, if you have watched technology over the last decade, it had, you know, when we started with this whole internet thing, we were all locked in our houses, locked at our desk, locked on this giant machine, and you couldn't move from it if you wanted to continue to use it. The what made the internet the internet was when you could take it the fuck outside. Okay, the idea that what the metaverse is going to do is force everybody back inside into that locked desk and onto that locked screen so that they can move or move around digitally is a name. It's stupid. Maybe so. Maybe your average person will spend 30 minutes or an hour a day or every few days fucking around in this metaverse. And sure, you will have some crazy people who play video games 23 hours a day in this metaverse 23 hours a day. But the killer use case is going to be combining the real world with the digital world. That's called augmented reality. It's not a metaverse you plug into. It's this seamless blend of digital on top of real. Well... Google Glass originally was trying to do this as like a seamless kind of thing, right? And I do think that that technology is going to be um, back soon. Apparently, they have not ditched it. I mean, no. you, rem- you remember Google it Glass. It was ahead of its time. There was way, you know. <clears throat> it looked too futuristic. Nobody wanted to be wearing them. There was a lot of issues with people like walking into a club or something with one on and people were like, now you're just recording everything. Like, you know, but, but yeah, ahead of its time for sure. Now everybody has these everywhere. You can't go anywhere. Everyone's recording everything, anyways. And that's it. Now, I think while people still probably would not want a camera, you know, would not want you wearing camera glasses at all times unless there was some indication the camera was, you know, all that type of stuff. People are a lot more comfortable with the idea that everything's recorded, 
every part of your life is on the internet for, for better or for worse. Yeah, right. 100%. exactly. Like there's n- now it's different. Now I think while there would still be some growing pains with a product like that, something like Google glass or something like Apple glasses or whatever's coming down the pike is going to be very, very well received right now. Uh, limited in scope in the beginning. I've always given a cool use case of like, let's say you're looking for an apartment and you're walking around town and you have your glasses on. You can just look around. It'll yep. show you what apartments are available. Like, you know, we always, you're in a nice neighborhood. You're like, oh, I'd like to live here. Let's look up what's available in this area. Well, you literally just look around and see what's available and click on it in front of your face and it expands the apartment and you can see what the listing, you know, all that stuff. That is what I think the future of the metaverse is not us sitting in front of a screen and going into a virtual world that's not really connected to what's going on outside. You hear it all the time in Web3. Go outside, put your feet in the grass, all that grass. You know, building the metaverse requires us to be indoors. It requires all this stuff. I don't think the end case is we built something that keeps us all indoors. I think uh, we're going to be bigger than that. Love it. Great conversation. Could talk about this for for hours. I agree. I agree. Um, Easily step one. I think that both will exist, but uh, I think the prominent one will be... Well, and here's the other thing too. I mean, you imagine you're wearing these glasses. Everybody has some form of glasses. Contact lenses are the biggest, uh, the the end goal um, for, for many here, but... You're walking down Times Square. Now, all of a sudden, imagine the power of being able to all of those ads on those billboards are now like targeted ads, you know, like right. that, that you want to you want to know why these things are going to come to reality is because big money sees those opportunities and are going to make it happen, too. Right. Like that's incredibly powerful to brands to be able to advertise specifically to the the, the individuals on the street rather than all of them. Well, I was talking about why podcasts, you know, why were podcasts such a killer, uh, you know, an interrupter? Why did they why did they move the industry forward? A lot of people think it was the on demand. I don't think that was it at all. I think, in in fact, I think on demand or the fact that it's not live may actually be one of the negatives for podcasts that brings something like Clubhouse or Spaces into the forefront. But what podcasts did do is they allowed people to produce very niche content mm. without the pressure of having to get a certain number in your audience, having your boss tell you that you have to do this, that, and the other thing. And it allow- and that allowed advertisers to be much more effective. You could, oh, yeah. you could get more business advertising to a hundredth the size of the audience you were advertising before because it was a niche, because you knew the people listening to that podcast were very likely to buy your product. So I think that with that being the killer case uh, in podcast, a lot of people miss that. And I think that is also the killer case here. Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. That's a great point about podcasting too, um, and 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 totally valid. Do um, you want to do the drum roll? Couldn't find the music button. GM, everybody, and welcome to the March sixteenth episode of the Alpha Men Morning Show, hosted live on YouTube and Twitch TV. 
This is, of course, episode 92. We are slowly but surely getting our way to episode number 100, which doesn't mean anything, as we've already decided. Episode 420 is the next milestone, uh, if I recall. I'm your host, R2DGen, and I'm joined with me, as always, by Free Market Lemon. Hey, now. Hey, now. It is Wednesday. The weather is looking nice outside. Things are looking good. Some NFTs are uh, are doing all right. Maybe there's some some volume on the horizon. Not quite there yet, but uh, but feeling pretty good about things. How was your Tuesday? Tuesday was great. Tuesday was great. A lot of uh, a lot of news. A lot of news. A lot of macro and mm-hmm. a lot of yuga. Yes, yuga is uh, is 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 all over the place right now and uh you know probably looking for them to to jump start this next bull run that we're in but um but yeah it definitely felt like a news day yesterday a couple of projects had some pretty pretty good pumps um but uh but yeah it was it was kind of all about the news right now waking up this morning happily surprised to see that eth and uh bitcoin went on a little bit of a run they're not on an absolute tear still within this channel that we're trading in eth is kind of touching 2700 up six percent since yesterday when we did this bitcoin up five percent to forty thousand five hundred dollars um maybe you know maybe we've uh we're starting to buck the trend in this channel maybe not i don't know what are you seeing in the macro the s p is looking like it's up uh doing really well this morning actually um from yesterday just pulled that up and we're looking at 43.13 markets are ripping tits off people's bodies right now and they've actually gotten they smashed above that resistance i was talking about i kept saying that these bear market rallies that go right into resistance are dangerous in the sense that they get you excited, but in reality, they just rallied to the spot that they broke down at before, and it's very likely they will continue to break down until they buck that trend. We have smashed, not just through those initial moving averages, the 8 and 13 EMA I was talking about, but now we are getting through uh, the 20 and the 50. And I'm looking here. um, There's an issue, though. We have the FOMC meeting today who are going to hike interest rates. Now, I think the market is rallying so hard this morning because obviously this is long telegraph. This is not a surprise. Everybody knew an interest rate hike. The debate on Wall Street right now isn't whether we're getting interest rate hikes. It's how many interest rate hikes are coming. So we understand that it's buy the rumor, sell the news. And for bearish events, it's the same thing. It's sell the rumor, buy the news. Because when you know something bad is coming and the market prices it in already, and then the event happens, there's nobody left to sell. It's not even that everyone feels bullish. It's just we've run out of sellers. So there's nothing else to do but for the market to go up. That's what I think we're seeing right now. The market, as I have been saying for weeks, has been pushed to a point where something really bad would need to happen for it to continue to go down. We're not saying that can't happen, but it's very unlikely to happen. It very rarely happens. Sure, we've seen it two or three times over the last now 20 years, but think about that. Can you risk being right two or three times over a 20-year period? You wouldn't be very solvent after a while. You go with the probabilities and Right now, everything seems to be looking good here. 
the reaction off of today's rate hike will likely be bullish. But markets are forward-looking mechanisms. The rate hike's already over in its mind. We're getting the automatic mean reversion snapback based off of that. Everything going forward is going to be on what the Fed says, because the Fed's not just going to hike rates and be quiet. They're going to talk about shit. They're going to say, we've hiked rates today. This is what we see going forward. All of that is what's going to move markets. And there will very likely be a bearish reaction off of it, regardless of what's said. Unless there is some, I've said this a lot of times, a surprise. There needs to be surprisingly dovish talk from the Fed, which is very unlikely to have. I mean, given it's not even about necessarily the technicals or inflation, given where the world is, you don't expect the Fed to come out and speak all rosy about our situation. It's just not good optics, given what's going on right now. Um, but unless we get some sort of unusual, crazy, dovish statement from the Fed, I would actually expect whatever rally we have right now to fail, we would collapse back down to those initial moving averages I talked about, which are probably sitting at mm, 42.25 right now. And we saw it in Bitcoin last night. I don't know who was awake for it, but there was some ridiculous pop in Bitcoin from 38K to 42K. And it boom, yeah, right here. Yeah. <laughs> it was the talk of crypto Twitter. It was so brilliant. It was so beautiful. It was news related. And I expect us to see a very similar chart today off of whatever happens at FOMC. You're going to see, boom, they, they cut rates. Oh, I mean, excuse me, they hiked rates. We did it, but there's no one left to sell. So we rally really hard and it's going to boop, turn right back around and crash. So well, that's right. Yeah. Last time they last time they got together, it was there was some unexpected news, and they ended up standing pat on what was going on. Right? Was that, if I recall correctly, a couple months ago, everybody thought, "Oh, interest rates are going up, interest rates are going up," and then they had the meeting, and 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 they were like, "Now nah, we're good for now." Isn't that, isn't didn't that happen a couple months ago? That, yeah, it that yeah. Did, it's not going to happen this time. Right. If it did, this market would rally six, seven percent in a day. It would be bed. I mean, crypto would be up 20, 30, but goodbye NFTs for the next week. If <laughs> uh, Believe me, NFTs will fall 50 percent. Uh, uh, ETH will rally to thirty five hundred and hold on to your head. It's not. Gonna yeah. Just saying if something like that unexpected happened, I mean, a, a rate. A, uh, a rate hike is priced in, way priced in right now. I don't even know what the, the snapback could get to 45.50 on the S&Ps if they didn't raise rates today. Interesting. And what time is that going down? What are we looking for in there? Uh, that would be 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Keep an eye out. Um, very cool. Nice to see some uh, some upwards action in uh, in crypto. Not really affecting NFTs one way or another because at this point um, NFTs are just just kind of hanging out. I don't want to say in the dumps. Every you know this this idea that everything is just absolute shit is. Uh, um, a little overstated. I mean, it is frustrating. The volume isn't there. The floors of projects have dipped. But I mean, if you zoom out and look back, you know, sure, like the Cool Man's universe, you know, there's a whole other um, um, issue there that we're going to talk about. But, you know, how to run from, you know, two ETH just before the 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 bearish kind of trends that we had, it fell down to like, what, 1.4? Like that, that actually felt pretty good. Then it had some news about Disney or some rumors about Disney shot up to 2.2 2. 
and then, you know, has kind of crept back down. And then there's this news of this lawsuit again, which we'll talk about later. And I mean, it's just not hitting stuff that hard in like a real, real, real flat environment. Uh, I mean, these things are all just dropping way, way further than they are. They have been, but we're just seeing people basically shopping and, and catching things at certain floors. You know, people are finding good entrance points and they're, you know, and they're really propping it up at that point, I think. And there was a bounce off the lows in most projects that we watch um, and they've stalled now. And it's it's it is related to macro. I, I think that people would like to get past whatever the Fed is doing here to see what macro markets do and then see what ETH does in response, because technically ETH is set up for a large move. And as we know, if we get a large move, there will be the transient effect of people not buying NFTs, maybe even selling them. So. This is uh, this is something to watch. Yeah, Marco uh, mentioning about the uh, the interest rates. There's a scapegoat for a 50 basis point hike now. I was that- going to say it's one of, that that's the thing, and it's like if if we expect 25 bips, the people out there who need to cause uncertainty are going to say, "Oh, well, maybe it'll be 50." Well, maybe, and yeah, he's correct. That's it. It's one of those things like no matter what you accept, they always move the goalposts and say, oh, but wait, what if this? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you know, every side needs something to fucking justify their position. So. Yeah, 100%. Uh, like we said, lots of news to go over today. Sandbox having a little bit of a run. Uh, also, Obviously, crypto going up about 4 or 5% in general. But Sandbox uh, token is uh, actually up about 9.5% right now amid HSBC and Paris Hilton tie-up. A couple interesting things happened yesterday. HSBC did buy a plot of land. And they are looking at uh, creating a basically customer service, customer experience kind of... Um, situation in the sandbox, but um, more or less just kind of staking their claim in the Web3 environment, I would think. Uh, We've talked a lot in the last two, three months about companies uh, moving in and doing this. This is a trend into, not out of. And, you know, if you need another reason to feel bullish in this kind of overall bearish environment is that, you know, the big players in the world are still um, driving towards the uh, the goal line here. Um, Paris Hilton also throwing a party, um, basically going online with the South by Southwest party for sandbox holders that was uh, recept- uh, pr- pretty well received by everybody. Um, Paris Hilton obviously being a big advocate of, of NFTs. But this is a lot of fun. And again, uh, sure, maybe this party is you know, in the metaverse, it's in sandbox, but it is kind of that uh, uh, an augmented reality type situation too, where, you know, South by Southwest is going on in Austin. People are having a lot of fun with it. There's a talk of the town in it. And then there's kind of this merge of uh, a metaverse party in play with that too. Um, Did you, uh, did you see much about either of these news Paris Hilton uh, doing this? I did. But I was surprised. I actually thought that people would not even be paying attention to this and would be thinking more about Yuga Labs about to drop $200 million worth of metal land on top of our faces, which seems like a bit of a bear case to Sandbox, as didn't the apes buy a bunch of land in Sandbox as well? Uh, Yeah, they have some pretty large plots in there. Um, And I know we're getting to this in a bit, but... 
with Yuga Labs now intent on creating their own metaverse and with the obvious play of acquiring as many NFT projects they like and would like to integrate in this metaverse going forward, uh, I would have thought some people would have run out and said, shit, I'm going to short Sandbox here. But nope, Sandbox, I think there's enough metaverses for everyone to go around. Well, Sandbox being uh, developed by Animoca Brands and uh, Animoca being partners with uh, Board Apes is probably holding that together a little bit. Um, remains to be seen what kind of... Um, is that weird? I, I would love to get the... You know what? Let me get um, Yuga and Sandbox on tomorrow and we'll just chat to them about it. Super. Well, I'll do it on Friday, please. Friday? <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty pretty cool. DJ Paris Hilton, though, so... Um, but she's got to watch out. Our boy Tropics is uh, is the main Metaverse DJ. You know what would be sure. a good name for a DJ? D-Jen, but it's spelled D-J-E-N, and it's a girl named Jen. D-Jen. Mm. Yeah, she's I like it. Yeah. Any female DJs out there with the name Jen... I have now. Uh, I am now your manager. I am- <laughs> oh man! Um, for the uh, for the gamers out there, those of you familiar with the name Doctor Disrespect, uh, the uh, the former Twitch streamer, but YouTube streamer who was uh, banned from Twitch quite con- controversially, is uh, launching gaming nfts on pong uh dr disrespects game studio midnight society has former call of duty and halo employees at its helm um for those of you not familiar with uh dr disrespect he was i'm pretty sure if he wasn't the largest um twitch streamer at some point he was very 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 close huge following 2.3 million people on in um sorry on twitter um, and, you know, regularly would have, you know, over 50,000 people tuning into it. Uh, Florilify is asking why he was banned. I can't really remember. There was a lot of controversy over what actually happened with that. There was actually a legal battle, um, but he has sw- since just regardless of, uh, of Twitch TV's uh, involvement and in it has gone over to YouTube full time. Um, the interesting thing about this is that we've talked about it plenty of times on the show. Uh, gamers have a uh, a very strong reservation towards NFTs. We've seen them push back against it time and time again. And, um, you know, despite all of the positives that it could bring to them, there seems to be this reluctance to actually join the movement. I don't know if that's just good marketing on the game, uh, game studios and, you know, causing a lot of FUD, trying to talk them out of it. Um, a lot of gamers are on Reddit, and Reddit is uh, is pretty anti NFT as well. Um, despite you know the uh, the <laughs> the founders' love for NFTs, but this is a good personality to start uh, bridging that gap a little bit. It you know if you go on the Twitter where he made the announcement where he's talking about it, um, very polarizing. But there was actually quite a bit of people in the comments saying, you know, I was on the fence about NFTs. I didn't like NFTs, but if you're doing it, like I'm willing to give it a shot. And then of course there was that, oh, you're doing NFTs now, you cash grab scammer, like, you know, I'm done with you. But again, just slowly, you know, that that snowball is rolling. People are getting picked up, sucked up into it. The exposure is getting there. Um, and, and, you know, maybe 1% or 2% or 5% of his fan base, which is huge, start to go down that rabbit hole. That's actually quite a big, uh, big amount of people. Obviously, we're bullish on P2E gaming here. So this is a, a kind of another checkbox that you can look forward to um, with that. So 
Hard to say exactly what's going down here. It was a little bit vague, but you can go to his uh, his web website, Midnight Society, and you can actually sign up for. Uh, I think I'll pretty much a week left to do it, and it's fifty dollars US. And uh, again, it's on Polygon, so you know if you're very bullish on Doctor Disrespect, might be something to look at. But in the overall news of it, I think this is actually really important too. Some nerdy shit there, my friend. <laughs> well, uh, you-, you know. Hmm? I like ether orcs. Well, hey, imagine hey, you know if hey, look, you want to you want to talk about something that would go crazy if this guy was like doing a, a deep dive on P two E gaming on a stream or something like that, and he touches on ether orcs. I mean, you guys can uh, all give him a huge round of applause. Just his following is so cool. huge. I'd be cool with raid party. You know, young Andrew, <laughs> young Andrew Wang was streaming his raid party escapades yesterday. Uh, live on the Twitch. And then last night, it was quite the ruckus uh, in that room as Pranksy, Otto, uh, not Katarina, and a few others were really mixing it up in there as it was slow. We were fighting a slime monster. We've been waiting for a godly. Um, we liked to, uh, Hassan, Hassan, you and me, let's talk. Give us a godly. It's been days. It's been days. We're sitting here fighting slime. We're sitting here fighting, you know, golems. Uh, let the let the godly loose. <laughs> well, um, I mean that that game is continuing to crush it. Did fighters cross over one ETH yet? It was uh, it was really yeah, trying they hard. They were one today. They were Are one they? ETH when I looked. Yeah, yeah. I oh it just broke it. Well, from the last time I checked, yeah, just an incredible run that this is. Uh, this has been going on. Um, heroes faded again for Christ. I'm worried about these goddamn heroes. Balance it out. Send us a godly and balance it. I don't know why. Like here, heroes seem like a good buy here, especially if you know we, we talked about um, you know maxing out your your party, getting all those slots filled, and then you know it might actually be more beneficial to jump into another party, right? like um, a second wallet and start to, to build from there. So, I mean, actually point eight, they're up. They're just not, uh, not keeping up with the fighters run right now. So, well, I think the thing that is, is all not off putting with the thing everyone wonders about is if you have to burn 20 fighters to get a hero, we either really need to increase the importance in which heroes play in the game later on. And there are many factors that aren't even live yet, whether it's items, okay. Mm-hmm. Whether it's guilds, and all these things are going to change dynamics and the economy and, and all that type of stuff. But it's hard to rectify how you're going to burn 20 fighters, which are sitting at one ETH <laughs> yeah. right now, which is sitting at points, you know, point eight. You're wondering how that gap closes. Either heroes fall to, you know, point oh four or or uh, uh, excuse me, either fighters fall to point oh four or heroes rise to 20 ETH. It's not going to work that way, obviously, but, you know, going to be interesting to see because, again, the dynamic of burning fighters, you know, every time you have to mince new, I would expect the fighter supply to start getting pretty low. This is going to be a very, very interesting uh, game as time unfolds. Yeah, I mean, the ideal situation, there's a, you know, I would say an average of of you need five fighters for every hero that's in existence, and then you have to start burning them too. So there's going to be, I, I definitely think it's going to be some kind of uh, a combination of both, you know, like heroes are going to go on a crazy run, especially like, here's the thing, right? These people are out 
on Twitter all the time talking about it. Like people are, I see it all the time, starting to sweep up fighters, starting to buy heroes. Like, you know, people are, are getting excited about actually participating in the game. So as new people start to come in, start to stake, start to participate and the yields have actually been very, very good. Um, that's only going to to increase, right? Which is only good for the the value of everything. So I'm I'm excited. Uh, we were talking a lot about it in the dojo, and I know this is a complete sidebar from the news that we were talking about. But um, I, I really liked how drawn out this was. Like, sure, the daily yields are good, but you know, it t- it takes a while. I, I've been collecting confetti for over a week now, and I'm I'm finally going to be able to mint my first fighter. And like, that's good, right? A lot of these games, they just, they hit the ground. It's like everyone's minting within days and then it increases to two a day and three a day, five a day. And it just goes on this crazy, crazy cycle. And then it, you know, it hits this point where the yields are so ridiculous with all the money that came in, in the span of, you know, 48, 72 hours that now all of a sudden everyone's faced with like, I have to take the profit at this point. I have to cash out. There's no, there's no way I can sit on this. It's unsustainable. Mm-hmm. This to me is feeling sustainable this Look, feels I, to me like there's a long you know runway for this it, game it doesn't just feel sustainable it feels undervalued relative to what it could be so i i'd argue that prices could even go a little higher here right now and i started with a base package right like when you were allow listed you had the right to mint one hero two fighters all right i added one fighter which brought my total cost i think to 2.8 eth to get into the game i haven't put anything else in there and my current party, <clears throat> excuse me, my current party is making about $700 a day. That when, I'm when really. I know. And when you look at it and you think that that is probably still undervalued relative to its initial hype cycle, you know, like not that it's going to be at this price in a year necessarily yielding that, but given where it is as far as its initial adoption cycle, I could definitely see prices getting higher. Uh, you know, confetti going to 50 or 60 bucks. Um, the prices of these underlying assets following it as well. Yes. I actually, I, I do like just as we were talking about it, have enough um, confetti to mint a, a new fighter. So I'm going to do that while we're, we're talking here, but um, you catch the end of the last seed and you're just starting the new seed because it's two seeds before you are allowed to mint or reveal your fighter. But all you have to do is have been in two seeds. You can be in the last two seconds of a previous seed, and then you only have to sit through that one seed going forward. So it's two seeds, okay? Okay. But it's you wherever you start on the first seed, it counts as the whole seed, even if you're 55 minutes in to that seed, which is about an hour. Is it... It must be based on block, not hour. It's probably based on uh, amount of blocks, not not exactly an hour. Am I wrong? I don't know. I will let you know once this thing shows up and I get to reveal it. Um, well, it's funny. Yeah, I am. I'm at ninety seven point three right now. So I'll be. Uh, it'll be probably a few hours before I mint mine, but I'll be minting mine today as well. Yeah, fingers crossed. I was actually looking at some like ARB opportunities there too. And I the, the market is just way too smart for it because I was looking at if you buy confetti, then you mint the fighter. 
Um, you know, you obviously have a chance at rolling a fighter that will have, you know, great stats and then you can actually sell it for a premium. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it is more expensive to actually buy the Confetti and Mint. Um, no, it's price. So, I mean, people have figured it out. Zero ARB in this game already. Yep. There's too many whales. There's, you know what I mean? Like there's too much money that once you have enough liquidity, the the key to efficiency is liquidity. Once there's enough liquidity in an ecosystem, um, you're There isn't going to be no arbitrage. Arbitrage comes from, you know, low liquidity. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what was it? The, I don't remember. Something else about Raid Party. We'll get back to it. Yes, I did see Gen Kaid user at 6 ETH uh, this morning <clears throat> through this low volume. Because even as we had that bounce back on the Ape News last week and everything has plateaued, uh, Kaijus continue to be bought slowly but surely. And they are up to 6 ETH on the Genesis Kaijus now. They've bounced back to 1.4 on the babies. And it's funny because I expect the spread to widen. Like babies will continue to be produced. Supply will continue to come on the market. And uh, so I see babies continuing to head towards one ETH while Gen Kaijus get even higher. Uh, But eventually demand's going to kick in. And then I think babies are going to go up to three ETH. So I think there's an opportunity in babies right now. My my thought is that the ratio is probably going to be 10 ETH on gens and 3 ETH on babies. So if babies continue to fall lower here, uh, even as gens continue to rise in price, I would think that there's a, a good opportunity there to uh, to get into babies. Yeah, if there's one thing that I've definitely noticed about Kaijus is that they love being a part of the Kaiju community. And again, it's, you know, you sell, you sell your Kaiju and you're out. So, you know. Hard to, uh, hard to, hard to, or it's not hard to get to these floors when people just don't want to sell these things. And this is what I love about the, the Kong like breeding games that, that projects have adopted after this. If, if Kaijus went to 50 ETH and I was like, all right, I got to, you know, I just got to bank and and cash out here. All I'd have to keep is one baby and I'm still in all the Kaiju goodies. I'm still in all the Kaiju utility. Now, of course, I expect them to add new utility for gens eventually and, and down the road and all that. But to be in the community, to be in that alpha room, you just need one baby. So that's really nice that you could theoretically say to yourself, I'm going to buy two gens. All right. I'm going to wait till I can produce a baby. And then I'm not even worried about selling my gens because, uh, you know, now I can. My baby always gets me in the community. Uh, hot peps. I actually have a Santa Kaiju. In December, during the bear market, I bought me a Santa, a St. Nick's hat kaiju. I love wearing him at Christmas. So that's what Sandman is asking. Do you know if the Santa service is working? He finally has enough R waste. <laughs> I don't know. That. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> if the Santa service is Is that working. where you got like a Santa hat on your kaiju? No, I don't even know what that is. All right. All right, then. um yes why yes dickens cool man's did go from maybe disney to sued yeah we are uh we're almost on there um quickly going back to your conversation yesterday don't have to spend much time on it but we were talking about joe lubin and consensus and uh went touched on an article back in november that had them uh, valued at about three billion dollars this just popped up this morning uh turns out they're valued at seven billion dollars um 
the uh, the company behind MetaMask and Infura, Joe Lubin obviously being a co-founder of uh, Ethereum, and uh, that company is um, really doing its rounds, raising money, four hundred and fifty million dollars yesterday. Mm-hmm. Big names involved in the raising too. We had Parified Capital leading it, but Microsoft and SoftBank uh, jumping into the uh, the investment round in there. So big money going for consensus at the moment. Um, kind of just going back to the gaming thing real quick uh, Castle Crush um, a huge uh, mobile app uh, I think it's almost at about 100 million downloads they say right now it's about a million daily active users, um, but it has definitely come back from its peak. I've never played the game before, but it is like a trading card type battle style game. They are integrating NFTs and tokens on the Avalanche um, the Avalanche blockchain, and they will be uh, moving forward with that despite, again, always there's always a little bit of uh, FUD and, and knee-jerk reaction to gaming companies do this. But I think it's, uh, you know, it, it stands to reason that some of these brands that are maybe past their prime and looking to spruce things up uh, are going to be adopting this more and more and more. Uh, whether you're a Castle Crush fan or not, I'm not really, sh- you know, I'm not really sure what this means for the greater market. But I would be looking for, you know, someone like Supercell eventually to get into it. And uh, I mean, you want to see an explosion? Uh, that would definitely do it. But again, you know, free market went on a whole thing yesterday talking about how the word NFT needs to kind of go away and just, you know, it just has to be understood that it used. This is going to be something that's moving that forward. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. And then the probably, you know, the, the sort of biggest news of the day, NFTs are coming to Instagram, says Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the Meta CEO confirmed at South by Southwest rumors that Instagram will get into the NFT game. Um, he said, hopefully within months, users will be able to uh, mint NFTs on Instagram. We actually had a really good conversation about this um, in our pre-show about, you know, whether Instagram is actually... A, a great platform or not for it. If you're talking about in pure user base, like, yeah, you're talking uh, um, a billion people that are going to start seeing NFTs go down on a daily basis. I'm definitely going to ease them into the con- uh, the concept of it. But yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe Instagram just isn't as cool anymore. What's your, what are you thinking about this? <laughs> so I, I've always said, you know, why does an instant, why is Instagram not used for NFTs? It's picture centric, right? Twitter, which is text centric, seems to make less sense as an NFT platform than Instagram. But the more you examine it and the more you think about it, it actually makes a lot of sense. I think that pictures on Instagram are cheap. Pictures on Instagram feel easily shareable, easily taken. And I don't think something like an NFT makes a lot of sense. They're static. They, it's just a picture. I think if people saw, you know, the NFTs that you and I geek out about in their stream, they would scroll past it very quickly. What does it mean? You know, when it's in your Twitter PFP, it's a flex, okay? What does it really mean in Instagram? Now, I know Instagram could change the circle and make it known that you have an NFT too, and and that may do something. But I would even argue that NFT is more of a video-centric platform now than picture-centric. I think the, the most value there is in the stories. The most value there is in the reels, which competes with Snapchat. I think that the static picture stream 
really is not used as much anymore. That would be where most of your NFTs would be displayed. Um, I think as an information platform, maybe there's viability there, but I'm not worried about an Instagram NFT marketplace disrupting something like OpenSea or Coinbase. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel right. And I don't think people would ascribe value to NFTs they were buying on an Instagram marketplace. I think Instagram as a product is largely failed right now. I think that Snapchat and TikTok are eating their lunch in many oh, ways. Big ways, yeah. And and I don't, you know, if you look at the comment section on Instagram, and we're not just talking about NFTs. Go look at any Barstool Sports comment section. Go look at any popular pages comment section. It's all spam. It's all it's all people literally trying to steal your money. It's fake porn. It's fake investment pages. Damn it, you can't even find the good comments. And quite frankly, that completely ruins the experience. It's not just looking at the picture that you want. It's the discussion around it. And that brings us full circle back to why Twitter is an optimal platform for these things because it encourages discussion, okay? Instagram does not. Instagram just says, here's the picture. And when there's no discussion around it, it's kind of boring. No, it's uh, it's it's a very, very valid point. The Instagram comment section is, uh, it is just full of bots if there's any amount of popularity involved in there. Um, and even when you get through the bots, most of the discussion is just very, very trolly, very, very toxic, and it's ugly. Uh, GM Music is saying Instagram is bigger than you think. The entire weed community is based off Instagram. Hey, look, Instagram is fucking massive. There's no two ways about it. Um, but as free market said, something like TikTok is really, really disrupting that whole um, industry. And and I, I got to admit, like as somebody who uses Instagram quite a bit, uh, I haven't installed it yet on my new phone, and I haven't really missed it that much. Now that's obviously very anecdotal. It's just me, and you know, I've got other things going on, and Instagram isn't uh, as as forefront in my mind as it used to be. Um, but, you know, like like Free Market said, the discussion around it will be next to none because it's impossible to have a discussion on there. It's great in terms of a gallery. I think the biggest thing um, that that might be cool for this and, and then, uh, you know, looking into NFTs is actually the video content, as you mentioned in the pre-show. You know, Instagram is now all about the videos. TikTok is really like... Um, really pushed forward video cre- uh, video content creation and and now that is uh is probably one of the the most appealing parts about instagram but again it's just like it's it's all going to be how it works is this going to be, be dilutable i mean are people just going to be clicking the mint this as an nft button and it's free like you know i i want to see what the the checks and balances what the systems are within instagram to to you know let this know that it's an nft why this will be beneficial for instagram why this is going to be beneficial for the end user um rather than it just being a buzzword again like we say it's used a lot i'm bullish on instagram actually doing this if for no other reason than to again continue to push this in front of as many people as possible that to me seems like the biggest bull case that's that's coming out of there um but you know mark zuckerberg meta all of this stuff doesn't doesn't seem to be playing well with them and with their their fan base right now so if 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 nothing else it's just going to be interesting to watch it happen 
Yeah. And of course that, you know, yeah, the entire weed community is based off IG. It was the former industry I was in. It is literally the only place that cannabis discord happened because the medium is perfect for it. You know, cannabis is a real plant and often how it looks is a judge is, is, you know, uh, a judge of how much, how quality it is. Okay. That's not always true, but that is how it is perceived. Cannabis is a plant you look at. So it actually makes a lot of sense on Instagram. Also, what's the number one thing that cannabis people on Instagram complain about? Instagram. They fucking hate Instagram. (laughs) Instagram is constantly taking down all their pictures. Instagram is very hostile to the cannabis industry. They're constantly blocking accounts, taking them down. Anytime you post a picture, the entire cannabis industry was there. But if you gave them a viable option, they would be off in a second. And I'm not talking about some ridiculous app called like weed pick that's only for the weed industry. I'm talking about a viable social network that isn't censoring them because they are in the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry is a perfect media. You know, Instagram is a perfect medium for something like that. NFTs, not so much because the point is about discussion. There's no good discussion that happens. Look at the comments on any weed post on Instagram. It's just a bunch of idiots saying, no, Cali weed's the best. No, Michigan weed's the best. Or, oh, that shit's boof. Or, oh, that's not real. I have the true cut. Blah, 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 blah. Is there really anything valuable that happens in the Instagram comments under the weed industry? No. Instagram's a heap of trash right now as a product because of where Zuckerberg has steered it. Half, at least half the posts in my feed now are people I don't even follow. It's content I don't even want to see. Instagram is unusable at this point. Absolutely. That, that's a good point, too. Yeah. I mean, it's about um, it's about every third post that you scroll by will be an ad. And then they sprinkle in um, uh, suggested for you suggested. as well. That's the one that could forget the ad. The ads I'm used to at this point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's nobody I'm even following and they're missing the mark. Most of them, I'm like, why are you showing me this? My f- entire feed is supposed to be cannabis. And none of the suggested posts are showing me fucking cannabis. Although I cannot get past Twitter sharing DSO posts with me that I didn't ask for. <laughs> it just says like trending on about DSO or something. And it just always pops up on my feed. I'm like, fuck off. I don't know how to block it. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, Watch out for this one way or another. I have no idea how the integration is actually going to uh, um, go down with this, but it's, uh, it's, you know, it is still a big deal. Um, as of two days ago, I forgot to bring this up on the show yesterday, but Cyber Brokers are, is fully on chain. Uh, we talked a little bit about the fact that they were going to do this last week. Uh, it has gone down. And uh, for those of you wondering what the cost was, if I recall correctly, it was about 70 ETH or um, almost $200,000 or yeah, about $200,000 for them to uh, to upload all of the SVG files, all 10,000 of them on chain. And it is now official that Cyber Brokers lives 100% on chain, no IFPS service. Um, and they will be there for the entirety of it. This is um, a pretty cool concept. Good to see that they're doing that. Went through with their promises of delivering on this. Um 
And uh, and yeah, so congratulations to Cyber Brokers for being fully on chain. Floor prices obviously dipped a little bit since we were talking about them last. I mean, they were on their uh, a fast track to six ETH. But again, this was a, a, an incredible run that they went on just to even get to that point. So sitting at three ETH is uh, is nothing to shake a stick at. They made 3,500 ETH to Kenza, and they've now made roughly 1,700 ETH in uh, or, uh 1200 ETH in secondary volume. So they've almost pulled in about 5,000 ETH total. Yeah. So I, I was actually a little bit surprised to see that it was only 70 ETH. I actually thought this was going to be a much, much bigger expense. But, uh, you know, I guess at the end of the day, it was about $20 per NFT. Gas has been very favorable lately. So probably helped them out a little bit. But um, but yeah, I, I thought maybe the high mid price was uh, was more in line with getting these things all up on chain. But um, I stand corrected. They are doing incredibly well, though. Yeah, almost twenty thousand ETH in volume traded. Uh, Three um, thirty five hundred ETH raise off of the the mint. So I mean, they just continue to crush it. So you know, shout out to uh, Josie Bellini who has uh, taken this project into basically another another stratosphere. Um, Big news within the NFT space. Cool man's not so long ago on the weekend. Everything was Disney partnership, when Disney, when partnership, blah, 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 blah. Now we are talking about Cool Man Coffee Dan being sued by DigiArt for breach of contract and 50% of the net proceeds from his NFT collection, Cool Man's Universe. Uh, this is uh, the entire, you know, filing is up on um, on the internet. You can check it out on Twitter. Um, it's pretty easy to find. I will link it uh, once I get it, though. 34-page document, and it basically just goes through that Danny Casale, back in May 2nd of 2021, signed an agreement with DigiArt, um, who were, were granted the exclusive rights to market and promote all of his sales of NFTs in, in, the, uh, in the NFT world. And they were entitled to about... Not about. They're entitled to 50% of, uh, of all proceeds generated by such. Uh, Danny Casale has gone on to say that no agreement was ever reached. Nothing was ever signed. They claim that they have a signed document and that this is actually going down. So there is going to be a legal battle. It is over a lot of money at this point. And, uh, you know, cool man's just every time it seems to be getting into that next level, something happens to it, whether it's just a lack of volume, um, something else pops up, you know, or a lawsuit. Now, this is a this is a, t a tough tough look. It's hard to say. This is just one side of the argument right now, and obviously, he's going to be contacting his lawyer, and they're going to build a a, de a defense case against this. Yep, this is uh, not good short term for the Cool Man's Universe project. I don't think it matters too much if you're a long-term holder as let's say, let's look at the worst possible case here that they have to pay out this type of money. Well, the agreement is done in what, uh, a month? What, what was the, when, when did the agreement end? May 22nd or April 22nd? Something well, like It will end on May 2nd, 2022. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, it's not like the cool man's universe is now half owned by this other company. He would have to pay them the money until this agreement is over, which would suck and would likely cause 
not, you know, short-term pullback in price, short-term FUD, all that type of stuff. Doesn't seem like it would wreck the collection. So going to be interesting to see the, I guess the only thing I, that you mentioned that I'll caution is that we haven't heard the other side. We've only seen one side, but yeah, it doesn't look good. It looks like that they may be on the hook for a lot of money here. Well, here's what I'm looking at now, and this kind of just popped into my head. But if we go back to when um, Cool Man's Universe actually minted ETH was at, uh, we're probably looking at over $4,000, right? It has since fallen to $2,700. I can promise you that, you know, the... um, this uh, Mr. Katz of DigiArt is going to be going after the value that was um, created at the time of the sale, right? So they're going after 50% of the mint. The mint price was 0.1 ETH, so about $400 each at the time. They sold 10,000 of them, so about 1,000 ETH. Well, in that meantime, they would also be accruing 50% of the royalties generated by it. So let's just say 5% of 20,000, so another 1,000 ETH, right? And they want half of that. Well, ETH has fallen 30% in value too. And you know that is going to be a tough to accumulate or um, tough to overcome at this very moment. Obviously, there's going to be a legal battle and they're going to be fighting back and forth. And who knows um, where the truth actually lies. Sometimes it's often just somewhere in the middle. Uh, but if he has to pony up 50% of the proceeds that were generated on mint, I mean, that's at this point more like 75% of everything that's earned. So, you know, it all goes down to how much have they spent on this, like where this agreement is going to go. And it could be, could be a pretty nasty look from a actual, like, NFT owner standpoint, I mean, the collection still exists. I don't know what this changes except for maybe their short-term ability to act on roadmap stuff. If they're getting tied up in a legal battle and funds are getting tied up and now they have to hold back a whole bunch just in case they have to pay some substantial amount of money, it could, uh, it could, it could have some short-term implications. That being said... The floor was at about 1.5 yesterday when we were on the show. It did have a short-term drop to about 1.25 and has kind of picked back up since then, 1.4 ETH. So hard to say. The, the, the species have come out in full force in defensive, Danny, though, and posting anything anti-Cool Man's Universe is, uh, is getting the brigade on you, that's for sure. It is a very passionate community. So how do you think this ends up uh, playing out? I mean, obviously, you can't make any predictions on the legal ramifications of this. But yeah, you think long term, these are A-OK. It's owned by the community now and uh, and it is what it is. Or, I mean, my kind of working theory would be it would be very convenient if a third party managed to, uh, with with lots and lots of money, managed to uh, step in and uh, and help him with his uh, legal and maybe financial troubles. Yeah, look, the main issue here is this is not an IP thing, okay? The biggest pro- the, the biggest thing you should be scared about with any NFT project is some other artist or company mm-hmm. claims the IP is not there. In that case, it, you could be screwed as a holder, right? And, you know, again, worst case scenario, let's say they even settled for the full amount. It's not like they have to dish it out all at once. They're going to work out a payment plan, you know, this... Uh, this is unfortunate in the short term. It doesn't say anything about the long term, re- you know, uh, prospects of Cool Man's universe beyond. Let's see what comes out in this lawsuit and what it says about the team there, Danny, and how it's being run. We don't know what's going on here, and we're going to find out more in this lawsuit. Um, and 
Then the other side is let's hear Danny's side. Again, we're seeing one side of it. I would love to hear what what they haven't made a statement yet. Cool Man's hasn't responded. They haven't even acknowledged it, have they? Uh, Not that I know of. The only thing that I've seen uh, from Danny is a tweet from him at the Tiki Bar with Klon getting drunk (laughs) by Southwest uh, the other other night. So he doesn't seem too phased by it based on this picture. And we will see what their response is. I would only really be concerned if this was about IP. That isn't the issue here. And like you said, given that it's not the issue, if there were a Disney deal really in the works here or they had agreed to something with Disney, I don't think this would torpedo it at all. Like you said, Disney could just step in. This is couch change for them. Move on and uh, and take this property where they want to take it. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, worst case scenario is that it comes out and this was like just some very, very malicious kind of, you know, breach of contract. But I mean, I don't even want to go there. That's so speculative. Um, And we still need to hear from the other side before passing any judgments. Again, I think the most important part, as you said, is that this is not over IP. My first um, inclination was like, oh, my God, like OpenSea is just on a rampage about anything. We saw CryptoMoris get delisted over just the biggest bullshit. They're back up now. but. That has, you know, pretty dramatic short term implications once you lose OpenSea volume and people panic when a project gets delisted from OpenSea. I can't foresee that happening. Uh, I don't think OpenSea has any grounds to delist it because it is not centered around IP. So, um, yeah, JCV says this is a settlement written all over it. Yeah, I am. I'm. I'm going to probably bet that they're going to have to pay some kind of money over some period of time. And uh, I think that it'll it'll all end up working out to me as a holder of this. It doesn't really change much about the project um, unless they just get absolutely taken to the cleaners and court. And fuck wicked craniums. If I was going to buy any skeleton uh, project as Yuga Labs, I'd buy Crypto Mori's. Oh, my God. Those are <laughs> so good in the metaverse. Cop those Crypto mo- Bring them under the Yuga fold. Oh my God. 10 ETH crypto mores. Let's go. Yeah, for sure. If you want to go check out the entire legal document, um, this guy, Bird, Birdnall's NFT on Twitter, has it uh, fully posted there from court listeners. So you can go check that out. I'll blow it up there for you a second and you can go see. Uh, it's a 34 page legal document. Like if you really want some light reading with your coffee, go for it. I scrolled through a couple pages and got the general. The general gist of it, though. Um, yesterday looked like some uh, some news out of Yuga Labs got leaked with their roadmap. Um, big thing kind of down the road in September looking towards Mecha Dogs. But there is a lot of uh, a lot of stuff here to dissect, to go over. Pretty sure that this is um, this is real. This is not like um, uh, oh, uh, it's real. Yeah. Like this is I not there's no need It's real. It's What's real. that? I, I said, I've had confirmation. This is mm. absolutely real. I, I guess the only question is how dumb they would have to be to hand this to a fucking VC. VCs are leakier than a sieve. They're, uh, I mean, that v, the entire venture capitalist business is based on leaks. They, yeah. they, they wanted this out there if they put this in some VC's hands. Continue, Arthur. No, I just I, I definitely saw some people being like, I can't wait to get my hands on the pitch deck from uh, Yuga Labs. I mean, it would be fascinating to look at, right? Because they're going to have uh, they're going to have everything that they have planned for the next for what probably two years. If you're just talking about you know short term, are you going to buy a mecha dog? 
Um, I have no idea. I mean, I gotta say, this <laughs> I'm is gonna it seems like it should be a good play. I mean, anything this promo is- into those robot fucking dogs. So yeah, in in uh, I, I'm not sure what the timeline is here because there is a January board apes versus mutant apes app store game. So the, you know that's been I the think one we that, did that uh, already. That we oh, did. oh that's ah fuck never Thank mind you. sorry. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Next is the merch drop. Next is the merch drop. Right. So they have um, Ape Token and Metaverse 1 to 100,000K land sales. Now, obviously, we know that they're partnered with Animoca Brands. Obviously, Animoca Brands has, you know, the development behind Sandbox. Remains to be seen what the hell is actually going down there. But they, um, as I saw, looked like they are dropping a 100,000 um, plots in some kind of Metaverse land, Meta RPG. 30% of them will go to Board Ape and Mutant Ape holders, leaving 70 for the public sale, and then another 100000 in a follow-up drop. The conservative estimate for the land price is one ETH each, or about $200 million in primary sales for the Genesis drop alone. Pixel ain't got shit on them. Yeah. <laughs> this is a much better bet if you want to uh, spend some money on Metaverse land or, or of that sort of thing. The initial land sale will include... Teases to future paired NFTs such as in-game characters, resources, artifacts, and more. Once minted as paired NFTs, token holders will be able to trade and sell these as well, triggering secondary sales for token beyond the primary land. Um, It goes into... Airdropping codas. I'm not exactly sure what that is. Treasure hunt. Sounds like maybe they're going to put a hard wallet out there and have people look for it. (laughs) That sounds so dangerous. At least <laughs> in the metaverse. Let's not let's not have people running around the physical world looking, looking for uh, five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Can't imagine. This calls for Nicolas Cage, that's for sure. Um, Ape Fest going down in June. Uh, the trial of Jimmy the Monkey, and then the rest of the metaverse land slated for August. September, Board Ape Club into Mecha Dog. Monetization plan for Board Ape Kennel Club. So not mutant dogs, but maybe robot dogs. This is what's mm-hmm. coming up. Projected net revenue, $16 million. And ultimate mecha ape projected revenue, $50 million. Then it goes on mecha dog versus mecha monkey invasion. Another merch shop in December. And then throughout the following year, secondary initial NFT sales percentage of ape token and merch drop collapse. Lots to go through here. Lots to dissect. Um, I think right for the most farmer. part, it's... Rice mm-hmm. Farmer is correct in the comments, by the way. I did hear the same thing, that it is outdated from several months ago. I also have heard it's still 90% accurate, and it's the timing on things that may be different uh, right. as far as the roadmap. So that's what I'm hearing. I would say you can take most of this as it's going to happen. I wouldn't bank on the timing of this roadmap, and sure, Everything's in that. You never know what they could either scrap or add that we don't know about. Let's not think this is everything and, you know, that type of disclaimer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously there was, uh, you know, looks like it goes back. I, I don't think we're going to see Ape Token or this Metaverse drop in this this month. I think that, you know, we're going to be pushing that back at least. Uh, um, you think? Let me think. It's, I, I don't know. I don't Halfway know. Halfway through? Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. 
I, my money would say not, but I mean, who knows? I, I would imagine that well, they're probably- they have already started putting out leaks that it wasn't because there was first quarter for a long time. They were saying, right. First quarter, first quarter. I would have thought they would be put. I wouldn't be surprised if they did it March 30th, you know, like literally on the day, uh, last yeah. day, of the first quarter. I don't know. They did say first quarter. I, I do you think they're particularly care about picking nets over a week or two? I do. I well, I think that I think if any NFT project is being run like a traditional corporation yeah, in the so. best sense of the way, it's Bored Apes. And if this were a traditional corporation, they wouldn't make a st- necessarily make a public statement. They would be leaking to media that it that it's pushed back, and and they'd be saying you can't say we're the source, but. Uh, everything is pushed back now and you'd start seeing media leaks that that ape and everything was pushed back. So that's the only reason I'm I'm still I'm guessing it could still come in the next two weeks. Yeah, I, I would imagine that this is probably pretty well ready to go. And I, you know, they're probably final touches and last minute discussions about what's going on. But uh, yeah, I mean, you could be totally right. Things in this space change and move uh, and move very quickly. So um, yeah, I mean, again, this is just, uh, this is the week, maybe potentially the month of Yuga Labs. And, um, you know, the biggest implication here is just that they're doing their own metaverse. And now, you know, it's starting to really kind of add up as to why they're starting to buy properties like CryptoPunks, MeBits um, and, and more, Definitely raises a good discussion on, you know, is this going to be a step backwards in terms of like open wide web three interoperability? Everyone can do everything as long as you own the NFT. And like, are you know, are Yuga Labs going to start keeping their own IP and their own, you know, collections of NFTs within said metaverse? You know, I, I, I don't know if that is kind of what they're looking towards. They seem to want to have, you know, I don't think so. all I don't, of this. I don't think they would want an exclusive metaverse. That doesn't make any sense. It limits its potential. I would just think that you would get different benefits as part of the Yuga uh, collections versus other collections. So, yeah, I just wonder if that's the power of the board apes and the and the uh, and CryptoPunks and having them both under the same umbrella. Like, if it was exclusive, that's going to be the de facto place that people want to hang out because the board apes and the punks are there, right? Yeah, yeah. Just like it's all speculative. I have no fucking clue. And like, I'm just it's it's a fascinating topic. Uh, again, we talked about DC investor yesterday. He was pretty outspoken about all of this stuff too. But again, it's it's all you know, where it falls. So I, you know, I hope that they continue to keep interoperability with multiple different metaverses and, and, and whatnot like that. So Yuga Labs, definitely more to come with that. How much do you think these mecha dogs are going to end up costing? <laughs> They'll probably mint it one ETH, I would guess. I can't, uh, how much did the, the, the kennel club ones cost when they went down? Do you remember? Wasn't it a straight airdrop? Oh, was it? I, I wasn't around for that. I just uh, didn't know much about them. So, all right, cool, man. Let's throw some music on. I threw the um, I threw the restream link up. Uh, Cass was talking about um, Roboto's and um, Animoca. I was trying to scroll up. He sent me some links in there. I haven't had a chance to kind of dissect it a, lot, a little bit. But if you're listening and you want to come talk about it, uh, come on up. 
Um, some people mentioned Zombie Club yesterday. Man, that thing is killing it. Sitting at about a 2.2 ETH floor last time I checked. Um, not much for sale and some some pretty big volume. So shout out to you if you got in on it. If you got in on it, let me know. Let me know why you're bullish about it. Uh, site looks pretty good. Still trying to figure out what it's all about, though. There's an outbreak. There's going to be 6,666 infected individuals. What are you looking at right now, Free Market? Your screen. Screen. (laughs) (laughs) Zombie Club? Yeah, I don't know. Have you, you haven't heard of this either, right? No. When we were talking about it yesterday. So I I just pulled it up as a note, but yeah, two two ETH floor, tons of volume. Two ETH floor. It must be a, a utility of sorts. Yeah, it seems like there's going to be some gamification in there. Um, Losers Club continued to go on a run yesterday. Just going to follow up with that. What's up to almost 0. 0.7? Who's on the board? 0.62 now? 0.52. Yeah. No, it, it has little pullbacks like that. But as the kids say, one ETH feels programmed in the contract. Pretty sure the devs wrote that into uh, one of the lines. Also saw some stuff like literally just before the show um, about meta mansions. There was uh, NFT ethics did a thread on them, uh, but uh, man, 0.88 ETH mint for this thing seems pretty wild. Have you uh, have you seen meta mansions at all? No. Man, actually looks pretty cool, but seems to be there's some fud there. Just uh, just pulling things up. There's unlimited real estate in the metaverse. Did you get your merch yet? Yes, it actually was delivered. It is uh, right outside my door right now. I, I heard it. I heard the box drop. I just didn't walk over because I'm on the show. Oh, man, go get it. I want to. I mean, I believe everybody when they say that the quality is good, but. Uh, All right, I will go retrieve it. Me, sir. Man. Huggles, rug. Are you talking about meta mansions? Yeah, looking looking like that. I didn't uh, didn't get a chance to to read the whole thread. We can read it together. See, this would be the biggest thing that I I hate when I see do like 0.88 ETH like for this. I you know I don't know why that's necessary. That's that's way 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 too much. But doing the giveaways of 888 ETH anytime a project is like doing the roadmap, we're going to give away 20 ETH, we're going to give away a Ferrari, we're going to give away a mansion in the, you know, the Hollywood Hills, like definitely um definitely pull some red flags for me. In the interest of full transparency, the winners can choose whether or not they wish to be revealed publicly. However, winners will be required to provide proof of identity and ownership of a meta mansion in order to for the ETH to be transferred. The Keys team will fully respect their decision either way in order to protect, to protect their identity and security. Yeah. No thanks. I just wouldn't be paying 0.88 for this mint. It's crazy. Yeah, wait for the ape land. It's one ETH, 
save your save your ETH for that. Uh, extremely high quality. I like the metal at the end of the strap. I like the uh, I like the I like the everything. Looks great. Very nice. What color did you end up getting? I got two whites and two blues. Oh, nice. Loaded up on that. The hoodies? Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Cole saying, might be a slow rug, but these luxury projects with influencers and social ad spend typically are cash grabs, whether it's a rug or not. They don't do much. Samuel saying, staying far, far away. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's totally fair. I think I think charging 0.88 for that is just is is ludicrous they you know you don't need that money that's that's too much that is that to me is just extract as much as possible and then yeah like kugel said slow rug oops sorry we did our best here's your nft i like NFTs. cast was uh sharing the uh rebel bots in animoca um brands kind of doing a partnership too so that's um wouldn't be the ultimate play to earn game without the biggest blockchain gaming company in the space joining our journey as a key investors. Rebels, please welcome Animoca Brands to the resistance. That's a pretty good sign off. Cass has always been very bullish on the Rebel Bots. He's talked about it a ton. And I guess for a good reason. The man's got an eye for stuff. Very bullish. Rebel Bots. <laughs> See how things responded there. Yeah, 0. 0.288 ETH floor. Had some volume yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Someone just bought an absurd amount of XLF lottos. Uh, maybe that 50 BPS rise is, uh, is on deck. Sorry, can you explain that? XLF is the exchange traded fund uh, for banks. Okay. Banks uh, benefit from interest rates going up as their profits go up because banks lend out money based on what the interest rates are. So when interest rates go up, one industry that benefits and that people front run is finance. It's the banking industry. And right now, into the Fed meeting in a few hours, somebody just ate a ridiculously insane amount of lottos. In other words, options that are 99% likely to expire worthless on Friday. He paid two cents for these XLF 40s uh, right now, which is just fun to watch. I, I always love seeing the outsized um, portfolio multiplier bets that players will make into these announcements because... This is probably, while it's a lot of money to you and I, it's probably not a lot of money to the person making this bet. And they only have to be one, right once in a few years to make it worth all the other times they were wrong. Uh, so interesting bet today. Let's see if we get 50 bips. I don't know. Let's find out at 2 o'clock. That would be um, bearish though, right? Like 50 would be a lot? Yeah. It would be yeah. bearish for stocks. Certainly short term would be bearish. We expect a quarter point raise here, 250 base, uh, 25 basis points. Uh, 50 would be more than that. And yeah. not taken well by stocks, especially tech stocks. Oh, God. 
can't get crushed on that anymore. Oh, they can go lower. <laughs> I, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Cass, you thank know, you so much for... Uh, way away. What's, that? what's that? I said zero is still a long way away for most mm. It's true. Cass, thanks for uh, sharing this Rebel stuff with me, getting a sign-off from the, uh, the Lamiverse head. Rebels token doing some work over the last 48 hours has gone like from uh, 12 the, uh, cents to 40 up to 40 the the icon for their token looks like Zug which has been utterly pasted the mm. Ooh, I saw I saw a lot about Since that rogues have started it will be quite the orcs community spaces tonight as we as we ask who what why when and where but especially why yeah, not deflationary anymore, eh? No. And it is by design. Now, the question is, why is it by design? That is what we will be asking tonight. It was anybody who looked at the new dynamics could have assumed this was going to happen. The question is, is this on purpose because they're setting up either dungeon crawls mages or eventual land or is this something that they had to do because another part of the economy was going to break therefore they had to choose the lesser of two evils which has now cut yields almost in half on either uh. so there will be a question there will there will be many questions tonight uh it will be a very interesting one do you have the do you have some of the team on tonight as well we're gonna have yes we're gonna have some of the team yeah, it's great. What's that? 6 p.m., right? 6 p.m. Eastern. Might actually tune into that. Got hockey practice to go to, so I'll have an hour to kind of just throw a, throw the uh, earbuds in and uh, listen to you guys talk. So Canadian. Oh, yeah. Freaking frickin heck, eh? Got my Tim- Timmy's here. Oh, yeah. Nice. Is that a Christmas cup? No, it's not. It's um. They do this. They used to do... They roll up the rim. I think Dunkin' Donuts had like an equivalent of it where you like there's mm-hmm. you roll up the, the rim of the, the coffee cup and there's, you know, either please try again or a prize under there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever partaken in that with your artisan coffee, but uh, now it's all mobile. And since they've done it on mobile, I've never done it. Eternal, eternal elves on a fucking tear. Boy, do we love that team, that project. Shout out Beth Jezos, uh, Alpha Mint Moon Lounge member and orc protege. Uh, yeah, fucking eternal elves to the moon. Let's go. Yeah, this is a project that we probably have to give a little bit more love to when we start talking about P2E games. They uh, they have the track record now. When that dropped in what January? Yeah, it's been a while. End of January. Definitely not a flash in the pan game here. So yeah, crushing it. Excited for Rampage mode tomorrow. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. It's eleven o'clock. You ready to wrap this up? Like a Christmas present, guys. Thank you so much for uh, for tuning in today. We appreciate it. Again, just a reminder: there will not be a show tomorrow. Oh, Cass just jumped in. Cass, what's going on, man? GM, I what? Were you not closing the um, show? 
Yeah, we were just finishing up. It's all good. What do you? I, I give you the. You got a couple minutes. Oh, there's me getting the weed and fucking getting ready to jam and chilling with a few guys. And <laughs> I've only got a couple of minutes. Now I just want to say good morning and how you guys are and how doing great, man. And good morning. Are you guys ready for this fucking amazing bull run we're going to be entering this year, which is going to be like nothing ever before? My bags are packed. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I'm still trying to pack some bags. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually trying to sell some things right now so that I could pack my bag further uh, with other things. See, there, there is a bit of a problem with packing bags. Up. Yes. Um, I know. You know, there's this amazing project called Star Wars, which is coming out on the 4th of the 4th. <laughs> Rumor that's, has official, it that's official news, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Official news. That's, why, that's why I just said it so confidently because it's been blasted everywhere. So, yeah. I have been impressed with some of the partners that Star Wolves is getting. Fuck me. Shit. Yeah. But then, I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, if you know, you know. If yep. you don't know, well, you're going to find out sooner or later. There you go. Yeah. No, fucking sick. Like, I would say highly, su- I would like to say highly surprised, but when you know Charlie, like, no, it's not surprising. Right. Oh. So, that is just around the corner, man. Wow. Yeah, like, like, like three weeks, dude, man. Like, that's not saving, bro. Like, you need, you need a, I know FMC is going to have something dumb like 28 of them. Or maybe he might be like Lemon King and go for 100. You know me. Yeah, I know you, fam. Like, you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I've got this feeling you're going to take the ones I'm going to want. So, yeah. But hey. Night mode right. activated. <laughs> go Scout Cookies today, guys. Go Scout Cookies. Okay. I, uh, I actually, I mentioned before, I started with Lemon Squeeze. Um, it, which, I, you know... I co-host a show called Morning Squeeze, and of course I love lemons. So when I saw a literal varietal of hash called Lemon Squeeze, and then when I opened the jar, bro, straight lemons just smacking you in the face with just a hint of gas in the background. I also picked up Banana Pie Paya. So that is a cross, yeah, between Banana Pie and Papaya. Papaya is legendary as a hash strain, because it dumps, okay? Like, when you are making hash, there is a certain type of structure the plant has to have to actually give you a good yield. The thing is, the plants that usually have that structure don't have potent oil. So you always have this like, oh, well, well, it dumped a lot, but the shit's not getting me high. It's those unicorns, those very particular strains that have the proper structure to dump in the water extraction process, but still maintain the terpenes, the uh, chemical content, all the stuff you want from a good high papaya. Crawls to this banana pie. I shit you not. It tastes like a banana cream pie. Like you, w- if I put this in front of you and you'd be like, yeah, that's a banana cream pie. Utterly, utterly amazing. Looking forward to a dab of that after the show. Sounds yeah. delightful. It is beautiful, dude. Like this, this, this industry is amazing, dude. Yeah. Like, don't don't knock it. Like it is like so amazing, it's unreal. And the people that you meet in this in 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 the weed community again is surreal. You instantly connect. It's very similar to NFTs. I, you know, we were talking even earlier in the show about the cannabis industry being all on Instagram. 
And it's weird, you know, because especially for the first few years of Instagram's life, this was a very illicit industry. You had to be careful about what you were sharing, how you were sharing it, who you were presenting yourself as. Um, and it's changed. And man, so many of the great connections I made when I was in that industry full time came through Instagram. And you're right. It's it's one of those things where it's like, since you know it's you against the world, if you meet somebody else that's the same way, you're like, yeah, man, it's us against the world. You know, it, it's a good camaraderie. So it's 100%. 100%. But going, going back to Instagram, like, because I heard you guys talking about Instagram earlier on. And yeah. I don't know, man, like anyone who wanted to kind of incorporate NFTs with Instagram, no. That's the only word I can really say. They're just booky. I mean, and the reason why I say that is because when I started to kind of change my Instagram profile to more NFTs, the the numbers started to stop. And it seemed like they were purposely, you know, purposely making sure that my content would not get out the, to the kind of people it would do beforehand. Yeah. Um when then I started to read into it, Mark Zuckerberg wanting to do his own shit, blah, 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 blah. You know, the penny dropped. It was like, you fuck up. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to put any kind of any kind of NFT platform on your server for the time being until you get your shit in line so you can maximize profit from it. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. You know, so, and, and I noticed it, um, I think last year it was. And then since then, I have not touched Instagram since. Haven't wow. touched because yeah. um, because you're not supporting or you're not really supporting the industry the way you should be supporting the industry. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, that's my that's my little top. Yeah, thing. definitely. I mean, I don't use it for NFTs. It's really just butts and weed. But you know, I I still enjoy those things. So it's hard to hard to break away. It's an inevitability. It's going to happen whether we like it or not. I just hope that it's done in the the most like. It won't be, dude. Well, yeah, I'm not holding my breath, but you know. <laughs> Sorry, just the way you said it, I was like, nah, this is the, the world is always. It's a publicly traded company, and they know that their business model is getting. It's not that it's getting less powerful. It's not that it's. It's just kind of getting stale, and the world is kind of starting to move on. And you know, they have to. They have to do something to keep up with it. And this is just what they're going to end up doing, right? I mean, we saw it happen to Facebook stock when, for the first time in its history, it reduced in daily active users in 15, 16, 17 years, right? And it was just the ultimate top signal for them of like, how much more growth can there possibly be for this company if they just continue to do what they do? So, you know, here we are. I miss the background, by the way. Uh, I keep looking and thinking, something's new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I switched it up a little bit. I'm going to get some stuff for behind there and whatnot. But, uh, you know, just with the functionality and stuff like that. It's also nice for me to not be staring at the wall all day while I'm uh, while I'm working and, and doing that stuff. So, Yeah, no, I get that. You know what you should get? One of those um, them portraits, them NFT portraits. Yeah, I thought about that. Just getting a screen in the back there or something. Yeah, no, just yeah, just have a, have a word on on behalf of Alpha Mint. Lots of lots of neon lights. I just want neon lights everywhere. Oh, sick. 
<laughs> All right, my dude. We're gonna we are gonna wrap this up. Somebody asked me what I'm doing with Gucci. I have no idea. I'm waiting for it to mint out. If it mints out, it's sitting just over mint price. Oh. I have no idea. Almost thirty dollar confetti. Come on. Ooh, is that what's going on right now? Nice. Ooh, shit. We're going on a run. Ooh, shit. All right, Cass. Thank you. Uh, thank you for hopping up here. We'll be back on uh, on Friday. No show tomorrow, but if you want to uh, come up and hang out, hang out with us. Watch. I, I've been throwing that link up in this, the uh, the chat earlier too, in case anybody wants to just jump up and get in. Um, yeah. But yeah, no show tomorrow. We're going to be back on Friday, regular scheduled time. Uh, thank you so much for everybody tuning in. Obviously, the talk of the day was Cool Man's Universe, uh, Cool Man Coffee Dan going through a lawsuit. Lots of news coming out, including the Instagram thing. We talked about that a little bit. Um, Sandbox is going on a run. Uh, Raid Party, we had a really good discussion about. We talked about uh, the the leaked roadmap for Yuga Labs and the Board API Club. So if you tuned in late, it'll all be up there for you to either watch or listen on Spotify. We appreciate all of you DJs for tuning in again. Free market, do the thing. Good luck at the tables, DJ.